Welcome to Blog Talk Radio in High Fidelity. season version of in much less detail the podcast here with you live on a sunday night august the 27th 2017 i'm dre my co-host jay will be here i'm sure i texted him earlier reminded him that we have a show tonight he said okay so i'm then there he is uh right on time welcome into the show Thanks. Yeah, it did the same thing it always does to me. It seems like if I sign into the show with anything less than a minute to go, it just disconnects me and I have to reconnect again. Mm. Yeah, Blog Talk Radio gives us a lot of uh, issues with connectivity and whatnot. We're we're hanging in there. We're still with them, but uh, sometimes it's tough. I'll just leave it at that. (laughs) It's just one of those little things you just have to learn to appreciate, you know, and Yep, I sign in. I'm sitting there. It's like, yep, 31 seconds, it said, until the show starts. And then all of a sudden, I'm sitting there, and I'm like, okay, it says we're on air. And then the thing goes back and says call. I was like, oh, (laughs) I'm I'm not on the show. I don't hear the intro music. And like, okay. So I should have learned by now. That's my mistake. Yeah, I had to learn the hard way myself. Those nights when I'm rushing home from the bowling alley and starting a 10 o'clock show, if I sign in with anything less than two minutes to go, it, it's it, it's cutting it close. So I, I have been locked out a couple of times as the show started. I'm like, oh, come on. Let, let me in. <laughs> like I'm banging on a door begging someone to let me in. Come on, let me in. So, yeah, it, it can be trying sometimes. Yeah, but otherwise, uh, how are things going? Things good? We thought we'd get a show in here before the uh, start of football because – you know, then then things really uh, get real at that point, and we get back to business again. That's right. I'm I'm great. We got a lot of things that I will want to get to. I definitely am not at a loss for topics, as usual. As you always say, we can fill up some time. We can talk, no matter what. We can absolutely talk about whatever. And I'm sure you have things you would like to get to as well. Uh, and anyone listening live, if there's anything. You'd like to get to, uh, like Jason said, this is our last go around, sort of a free form go session, bull session, uh, kings of non sequitur session, uh, because our next show after this is going to be our season preview when we really do get down to, to business once again and get back into football season as we get ready to start our sixth season of the podcast. It's still uh, incredible to say that. It's hard to believe it's already been uh, six years since we started this thing, but we're about to fire it all up again, and I'm excited. I'm I'm ready. I, I 
Bart Scott, what, what do you think of this? Are you ready for the season to start? Can't wait. Yep, that's, I'm right with you. That's exactly how I feel. Uh, how you been doing? What what you got on your mind tonight? Been good. You know, uh, had a little uh, little vacation here earlier in the week. We took our son uh, to celebrate his third birthday, so we took him down to the uh, to the water parks here and had a nice time doing that and got a little refreshed. You know, my daughter decided to tip over our our floaty, you know, our inner tube after we came down a water slide. So I got the, uh, I get to have the pleasure of uh, banging my head on the bottom of a swimming pool this last week. <laughs> that was fun. What was it you did before uh, uh, about a month ago when you were camping and th- did you cut something? Oh, or? that was when my oh, your, phone your fell into the lake. And yeah, and I ripped up my knee uh, when my phone yeah. fell into the bottom. Of the lake. Yeah, that was back in June already. Can you believe that? That was... Wow. Two months ago already. You're just having a, a bang up summer over there. I am. I I just you know there's nothing makes me happier apparently than personal injury. <laughs> uh, your your daughter bringing you pain, but it, it's of course worth it because that's that's what kids do. Oh yeah, she's good at it. <laughs> you know my 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 daughter earned a nickname when she was. Um, a, a little tyke, you know, her, her nickname was head trauma Trini because she would go out of her way to uh, crack some skulls. She, she'd find a way, you know, so that, that little girl, she just knows how to, how to get it done uh, on the injury front. So yeah, this time it's uh, we go down a water slide and she thinks it's funny to sneak out underneath and tip me over. Except the very last time down the slide, she decides that she's going to tip me over completely backwards. Oh, to then give me no chance to uh, to get my hand up and get out of the way of my uh, of my head from hitting the bottom of the swimming pool, and that that was not fun. So, and of course, it was the literally the very last time down, right before we're about to walk out. She's like, "Let's just go down one more time," and I'm like, "Okay, yeah, that's no problem. We've had a we've had a blast. Oh, here we go. She, she found a way." <laughs> Was it her or your son that like to get a running start and and throw their knee right into your your man region uh, when you're playing on the in in the living room there? Oh, that's my daughter. That, that, okay. That's pretty. I learned that one the hard way. So like whenever we, uh, you know, if I ever sit on the floor and one of them wants to like run at me and then they play the game where they want to knock me over, I have now learned to put one of my legs across <laughs> the front of me to to deflect that blow. And I, we actually have that on video. Uh, the time that Trini oh. did that to me, you just see her come running from out of frame with me sitting there with my arms and legs like wide open, like here I am, you know, knock me over, and then all of a sudden it's just like wow, and then I just go oh. instantly down into a heap on my side, uh, right on the floor. So yeah, we have that on video, which is even better. <laughs> so that was fun. This is what uh, you we used were... to do to your old man. You're gonna, <laughs> gonna blackmail oh, him with that. No, my what my what I did with my dad was uh, he had a, um, you know he 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 was remarried and then they had some kids so they had little kids when I was in my teenage years, and uh, so they had one of those little little tykes basketball hoops right, yeah, in the basement at their house so we would play what we called New York Knicks basketball. So you can imagine this is back in the back in the. You know, 90s with the Knicks, you know, yeah. the Knicks were always the guys out there beating each other up. So basically it was we were on our knees trying to play with this little hoop 
and uh, basically the whole purpose of the game was to to knock the crap out of each other while we're trying to do that. And he had a lot of fun with it until I started to get big enough to knock him on his ass. And then once that happened, yeah. it was over. Yeah, that's that's so, interesting. New York Knicks basketball. That's that's what we Pat Riley it. should be New proud. This is what, yeah, that's what he invented. That's what he brought along when he when he in, in, invited Charles Oakley and Anthony Mason and all those guys to not even play basketball, just run up and down the court and beat the fuck out of people. That's what. Yeah, see, if uh, it was. The, it would have been the eighties. We would have been playing Detroit Pistons basketball. Yeah, exactly. It would have been bad boys <laughs> basketball, and you would have been right. th- throwing each other underneath the basket and trying to bust your heads open. Yeah. So we were uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. We were out of town, which means uh, we caught the solar eclipse in um, in Wisconsin Dells. Although it was it was mostly it was cloudy it was very cloudy and hazy but it got to be about that point in the afternoon when the the the, the biggest part for us of the eclipse was going to hit and we only ended up getting into about i believe it was 75 or 78 percent of the eclipse where we were and uh we were still able to see some of we had the little glasses and uh, wouldn't you know we're at a place where there's uh we took the kids to a little uh steam train place where they could go on a little ride on a train right because my kids love trains and we get off the ride and it's almost like at the at the peak of what we were going to see and because we're in a in in a train place uh someone's passing around the welder's mask okay so you know the, the masks they wear for welding i was stunned because i had the eclipse glasses the ones you know the ones that you could buy and you could wear them and I could hardly see anything. You'd look at me, yeah, I think I kind of see that the, 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 there's a little less of the sun. I put those, I put that welding mask up to my face and looked through there, and it was like crystal clear. Wow. I mean, you could see exactly how much of the sun had been eclipsed by the moon, and it, it was it was cool. I mean, I remember there was an eclipse when we were in grade school, um, growing up in Chicago sometime in the early early to mid-80s. Uh, I remember there had been a solar eclipse event uh, in Chicago where they were doing the whole thing where they were telling everybody you got to make the box, you know, and cut the hole in the box and then put some tin foil on the other side. And, and then the sun will shine through the hole and you can see it's like, well, th- that's so when you think about it. That's like, why don't you just watch the damn thing on TV then? <laughs> right. How exciting yeah, I is it? remember that. How exciting is it that there's going to be an eclipse and the only way you can watch it is by putting a box over your head, turning the other way. You're turning your back to it and looking through a hole and going, oh, look, there's light. There's a little light circle. Oh, and now it's getting smaller. Wow. That's cool. Um, But that's still a contraption that you can watch. uh, and, and I mean, you can build to this day to watch an eclipse. But, hey, uh, now you can buy... uh, Glasses on Amazon, and then immediately they'll issue a recall and tell you that if you use those glasses, you're going to go blind. Oh, no. That's not good. Oh, you didn't hear about uh, yeah, that, well, huh? No, I didn't. I mean, we're old, though. That's how you watched an yeah. eclipse when we were a but, kid was through the box. So, yeah, so, for, so for us, it was very hazy, um, but enough of the sun was poking through the clouds. and It, it didn't get dark. It got eh, darker, but it didn't get really dark uh so even with just 20 25 percent of the sunlight coming through it was still enough to keep it looking like daytime it was basically it it got about as dark as it would if uh if it was 
like a rainy day or something. You know, it was just kind of that that kind of gloomy gray, but it never really um, did much um, as far as that goes. So uh, my kids probably won't remember any of it. My daughter has a chance, maybe, you know, they looked through the glasses a few times and that was my son didn't care. We didn't even bother. He just, right. when you're three years old, you don't think to ever look up at the sun anyway. So if you just don't make a big deal about it, he's not going to stand there and go, what? Oh, wait, now my, <laughs> I just burned out my corneas. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you, you I, I know like you, the president. If you, yeah. if you bring up the sun enough times, he'll just look up at it with no glasses on and, and burn himself out because he's an idiot. So <laughs> I've called him a little child many times and, Sure enough, there's pictures of him looking right up at the sun with no glasses like a little child. So that was perfect. That was fitting. In fact, I would bet he did that on purpose just to get the photo op out there just to laugh at everybody. You know, you wonder how much of, of what he does is trolling. Because right. I'm starting yeah. to get that sense that he just knows that he's going to get all of these people in the news and all these on all these blogs and everything just – they just get in a tizzy over everything he does. So I, I wonder how much of it he was doing it before he got elected. So I don't know why they expected like that you know, he was going to get elected and suddenly it was going to change. I, I really do think he's trolling people now. Partially, at least partially is, is absolutely trolling people. I don't think he was nearly as stupid as he, as he seems. Right. So I, you, I don't know what your experience was with the eclipse. Um, uh, but that was mine. My so. experience was uh, so the uh, the the Memphis Redbirds, the AAA baseball team, uh, decided to schedule at the beginning of the year their uh, their ball game to take place during the eclipse, and I decided to yeah, I decided to go check it out. I, I didn't quite know what to expect. It was only in a couple of weeks or so leading up to the game that I started hearing all this stuff about you need these special glasses to see the eclipse or you're going to go blind. You need these special glasses or you're going to burn out your uh, corneas or what have you. And I hadn't put that much thought into it because I'm not a, a scientific guy. I'm, I'm, it's just not something that was, was something that was in my brain to, to think about, do I need special eye protection for this thing? So I was a little worried for, for the two or three weeks leading up to this game knowing that I had signed up for to, to, to score it and knowing that I was definitely going to be there. I was, there was nothing that was going to stop me from being there. I just didn't know that I needed special eye protection. And then maybe about a week, week and a half before the game, uh, the Redbirds started sending out on their different social media that the first 5,000 fans to the Eclipse game, they would have glasses for them, uh, the actual Eclipse glasses. So uh, I was very relieved at that. I didn't have to think about going to find glasses before I got to the, to the ballpark. I was prepared to do that because I heard that I think the public libraries were giving out glasses around. I don't know if that was for every library around the country, but I think the ones down here in Memphis were giving away free uh, Eclipse glasses. So I was prepared to go beg for those at the uh, at the library, but uh, they indeed had the glasses there when I got there. I, I figured it weren't going to be 5,000 people at a Monday afternoon baseball game uh, that wasn't a holiday. So, and, and sure enough, there was uh, plenty of glasses available, plenty of seats available. So I'm in the stadium. I got the same seats that I always have right there behind 
home plate. I'm getting ready to score the game. They, uh, they, they even went to the trouble of scheduling the first pitch for right when the eclipse was supposed to start in Memphis, which was 11.52 a.m. So right when it starts is when the first pitch happens, and so they know as the game is going on that the eclipse will be going on. It's going to get darker and darker. And peak eclipse time was, I think, 1.23. They had a specific time uh, that they kept announcing that the uh, the peak eclipse would be i think our, our i think our percentage was 93 percent coverage we were in a really yeah. good place as far as that goes um there was some town in uh tennessee that was close to 100 percent, and that town was just flooded with tourists and just overrun and and it was a zoo from what i hear but uh memphis itself was in the path of 93 percent, which is really damn good um so I'm ready. I got my glasses. We're we're doing the game. They kept having you uh go in and out with the glasses and, and looking at the eclipse because as my wife knew and as you knew, a lot of other people knew, but I didn't know since I don't deal with eclipse glass, I didn't know anything about this. I, I didn't know how uh unable to see anything other than the eclipse you would be wearing the mm-hmm. eclipse glasses. I thought I was going to sit there, wear the eclipse glasses and watch the game and score the game and then look up and look at the sun every now and then. And that absolutely was not the case because you couldn't see jack shit with those eclipse glasses on. I mean, you could see the sun and then the eclipse happening and nothing else. I couldn't see the hand in front of my face with these eclipse glasses on. Uh, So what they had you do was they had the announcer keep announcing between every half inning. Okay, fans, now you can put your eclipse glasses on and look at the eclipse. And once you started play, okay, fans, remember to now remove your eclipse glasses because, of course, they're trying to cut down on liability of dumb people looking up at the sun as the game is going on and a foul ball comes screaming at them and they can't stop it and they have no chance of of deflecting it or, or getting out of the way or anything like that. People being people... There were certainly plenty of people still running down as the game was going on to try to get a better look at the sun as the eclipse was happening. I was not one of those people. I uh, had my glasses on and looked up and and in between innings. And I I don't really have any complaints about it, but this is what happened. This This isn't necessarily me complaining, but this is just how things went. The way the stadium is built is that the sun goes behind home plate as the day goes on so me looking up at the sun looking up at the eclipse while sitting in my seat that lasted for about a half hour by about 12 15 12 30 the sun was behind me and so to get a look at it you would have had to for me i would have had to get up out of my seat and go down uh the stairs and go down into uh, the lower levels and, and look up, look back up at the sun and plenty of people behind me did that in between innings. And sometimes during the game uh, to go get a better look at the eclipse. And I just chose not to do that because I, um, I'm a lazy bastard partially, but uh, also because they were doing me a, a big favor, doing me and everyone else there a big favor. They had uh, uh, some sort of protective screen on uh, one of their cameras and they had a camera trained at the eclipse. So on the big screen in between innings, you could see the, the eclipse right there. So I technically saw the eclipse, uh, the 93% of it. it. It was on the big screen. Uh, it, I wasn't looking directly at the sun, but I did see it. I did technically see the eclipse. Uh, and it was full. It was cool. It was, it was very cool. I, I had a lot of fun. I'm not, uh, uh, I'm glad I did it. it. You know, it wasn't something that 
will change my life or anything like that. But I'm I'm glad I was there. I'm glad I saw it, and I'm, and I'm uh, I had a good time, and I'm sure everyone else there had a great time. What they did at Peak Eclipse uh, at 1:23 was there was some play in the field, and then they actually stopped the game and had everybody come in for like three minutes so that everyone could, could get into the best vantage point that they could to go look up at the eclipse. And then they uh, went and played the, and, and started the game again. Uh, my wife was concerned for the players. She was like, do the players have special eyewear? She was texting me and I said, not that I can see. I, I don't think they have, uh, I don't think they have the, the eclipse glasses. I guess they just didn't look up at the sun or didn't enjoy it or what have you. But no, I don't think the players were, uh, had anything to do with that. I think they just, they were just playing the game and then they stopped the game when they told them to stop it. Uh, and then they started playing again. Um, and, but I think the thing that probably stood out to me the most was how it looked during the eclipse. Like you said, um, it, it didn't, with us having more coverage than the, the 75% you guys had up there, it didn't look like a gray, cloudy, rainy day when the, when the eclipse happened, it looked I don't even know quite after I never seen quite the way it looked. It, it didn't look like nighttime. It didn't even look like twilight. It looked like this amber glow, this, this orange haze over everything. And it was, it was pretty damn cool. I, I never quite seen uh, that, you know, they had the the stadium lights on, of course, because they knew it was going to be getting somewhat darker. Uh, but yeah, this town in Tennessee, I saw uh time stop or, or time sped up. Uh, coverage of this town. I can't remember the name of the town at the moment, but the town in Tennessee where they had close to 100% coverage, it went completely dark at two o'clock or what have you, whatever time it happened. The town went from light to completely, completely dark and back to sun. That that had to be something else. I kind of wish I was there for that. Uh, But what we got was, was very interesting too, like this orange, amber, hazy, glow over everything uh and then the the moon went away and it went back to a a sunny day uh and the other part about it was i guess there was rain and and clouds in our area but it avoided downtown we were sunny the entire time uh, and we were lucky enough to avoid uh, uh the cloud coverage and that would have messed a lot of stuff up of course but uh but yeah everything turned out good for us and uh it was a it was a fun time. It was something I'll remember. Yeah, it's something that you know I can't quite say it's historic because it does happen every so often. I guess we're only about um, seven years away here for another one, which is kind of cool because you know my kids will both be old enough to see the next one, and uh, we actually are going to be a little closer to totality the next time it happens. But it's, I want to say uh, it's in 2024, but it's like dead of winter in tw- oh. <laughs> the next time it happens. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, you know, it looks like it's going to cut a pass, um, not too dissimilar, but instead of going, you know, southwest to, uh, I'm sorry, uh, southeast to northwest, it's going to go southwest to northeast. So it's going to cut a path diagonally that way through the country, uh, hit a lot of the same areas that it hit this last time, but the the actual line where it's going to be total gets a lot closer to where we are up here in Wisconsin. So. Uh, yeah, seven years away. We mark our calendars. There you go. We'll be waiting for that. Um, so as I was saying, uh, our last go around before the NFL season preview show, anything on your mind, you're listening live to blogtalkradio.com slash in much less detail. 
And the phone number to call if you wanted to share your thoughts on anything, of course, as always, is area code 646-595-4534. Listen to the show as a podcast version. Go to your Apple device. Go to iTunes. Search for in much less detail the podcast. Or go to any number of podcast apps, including TuneIn, MixCloud, Player.fm, Blueberry. Uh, if there are any others, I would like you to let us know, and we will certainly give them a shout-out. The way you can contact us with any questions or comments, let us know about anything, podcast apps, or anything else, would be to send us an email. You will send that to InMuchLessDetail at gmail.com. You can send us a tweet. You can send me a tweet at IMLDDre. You can send Jason a tweet at IMLDJTG. And our picks will be up on the blog once the season starts. And all our picks stretching all the way back to 2010 are already up on our blog. And that website is inmuchlessdetail.blogspot.com. Now, before we get to any other topics, I have something very special for you and, and for everybody listening. I'm uh, very excited to do this. It's not the special announcement that we were talking about. That's still on hold indefinitely. Hopefully that gets resolved soon. Uh, but as I was telling you on the last show, I've been playing around with this uh, Audacity uh, computer app where you can record your voice and uh, take things and put them through their little process and make mp3s out of your voice over the top of music or your voice by itself or uh, if you can take something off the internet and make it an mp3 uh, and then I can for instance being here on blog talk radio uh, I can pull it through an mp3 pull any mp3 from my computer onto the blog talk radio soundboard and that's where I was able to get uh, Herm Edwards for some reason uh, the Herm Edwards quotes, uh, you play to win the game and all that. It's really, really hard to find that quote, just the quote by itself. You can find the whole speech if you want, but just to find the quote by itself, uh, as I pause to cough. Uh, but yeah, just to find the quote by itself. I can't find it by itself isolated anywhere, but you have software like audacity you can pull it through and you can put it on your board and you can cut it up and isolate it all you want and that's how i have the herm edwards soundboard now just with just those quotes the quotes that everybody knows you don't have to go through the whole speech you can just play hello. you can just play just the hello you can play the uh you play to win the game with the hello hello you play to win the game so I'm very, very excited about that. To have Herm Edwards, that is like the missing piece, the, the coup de gras on the soundboard to not have Herm Edwards all this time. I felt like I was naked. I felt like I was missing something. But now I got Herm in all his full glory and I got him cut up. You play to win the game. Got him several different ways. Hello? You play to win the game. Now, isn't that just like the most beautiful thing? That, that, that's what yeah. we've been missing. Herm Edwards, you played to win the game. There's stories behind that. Uh, I can probably go ahead and give it away. That was not one of the uh, original quotes that I put into the, the Hall of Infamy, but I'm doing the Hall of Infamy inductions next year, and that's definitely uh, right there at the top of the list. So Herm Edwards, oh, and, yeah. and the, the fact that I wasn't able to isolate that and have, and have that in the last uh, – 
go around the last time that I was doing the Hall of Infamy a couple of years ago that probably I don't remember exactly that probably played a role in me not putting it in the Hall of Infamy initially because I couldn't isolate that I I, I only had the whole speech but now that I can isolate it and just do Hello? you know just do certain sound effects by itself and I don't have to go through the whole speech that really is perfect now I can just have Herm Edwards anytime I want at the at the click of a button uh, and it's a beautiful thing. So hopefully as I learn more about audacity and, and more different sound clips and different things that I can cut up, uh, I can I can do a lot more things in the future. Uh, if, as you remember, the uh, first time that I inducted some quotes into the Jim Mora wing of the Hall of Infamy that you introduced, um, what I did put in there because it was so incredible was that Joe Montana, Ronnie Lott commercial with the boy Howdy, but I had to play the entire 30 second commercial. I was able to find yeah. the whole commercial online, but no one isolated the boy Howdy because it didn't mean as much to them <laughs> as it does right. to us. But now that I could put through, uh, through this audacity, I can put the commercial to and just isolate the boy Howdy. And now also added to the soundboard, I'm very proud to have is a boy course, Howdy. Just by itself, <laughs> that's all you need. Boy <laughs> Howdy, that is awesome. That uh, is beautiful. Now, Point point of correction though that was one of yeah. my inductions. Oh, that was yours. Okay, okay. Yeah, boy, howdy uh, was one of the first five. Uh, one of the first five of the quotes. Uh, I see. Well, it, it, it's right. funny that you bring up the Hall of Infamy because would you believe you maybe you won't believe that I've almost got my list for 2019 done. No, I believe it. <laughs> yeah, I believe it. You you. You said you were working on the list as soon as the last show was finished. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sitting there already. I've got my notes on my phone and I can pull it up because what's nice now is, you know, I got my phone. So if I think of something or I see something, I'm like, oh, I got to remind myself about that. It's not one of those where it used to be in the old days before I started relying on my phone for that, that I would just try to constantly remember my list for two right. years. Um <laughs> Now I can just put it in my phone and pull it up and go, oh, yeah, that's definitely yeah. – I was thinking about something, reading through some stuff, and it made me remember a thing that happened, and I'm like, that's Hall of Infamy worthy. So I put it in my phone, and, and now it's there. But, yeah, that's awesome, though. That, that's good. So you can start pulling some quotes. I think the next step, because um, what I've been thinking about playing with is going back through and pulling um, quotes from our own show that we can um, – put into the into the soundboard so if we want you know we want to want to congratulate ourselves or something or or do anything mm -hmm. i can be like yeah yeah go in there and play uh clip 18 and you, you know <laughs> <laughs> you can go in and do that because what I, I was desperately looking for this last week because i wanted to try and see if i could download the episode and find the period of time where we had it was when we were talking about baseball in the baseball preview specifically the only thing we seemed to, to disagree on i don't know if you know where i'm going but uh the one thing that we disagreed on the most during the show and it was it was the dumbest thing because we were in so much agreement the miami marlins yeah and i i, I think i had that one <clears throat> yeah well <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you know, for anybody who doesn't remember back to our MLB preview show, Andre and I got into a spirited discussion about, yes, the Miami Marlins and how bad, what level of bad they would be. And Andre's level of bad was last place, 
terrible bad. And my what mine was wild card contention bad. And and so far I, I'm closer. Um, so I'm patting myself on the back right now. But I wanted to find that because in 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 that MLB show, which was more known for how much we agreed, that was the only real disagreement. You know, it was not good radio. <laughs> it just, <laughs> well, it just wasn't. It just wasn't good radio for you going. Oh, yeah, I have that too. And then you do your the pick. Exact and same I go, order I have. Yeah, yeah, I, I have that too. So we had all ten playoff teams the exact same for MLB. And the only thing that we actually got into any spirited discussion about with some dis- disagreement was the Miami Marlins. So, yeah. Um, Otherwise, it's been I mean, it, it was a pretty uh, pretty uneventful show. Other than the fact that it was almost creepy in the way that we agreed on everything. Well, as we said at the time, there's only so many teams actually trying to contend in baseball, so it makes it a lot easier right. to narrow down who's not going to be there. And once you narrow so many teams down, there's only so many left that you're going to consider right. uh, being in the mix. But, but yeah, as funny, it would I'd... be, we were not we were not anyway correct. I mean, we were correct on the good teams, but yeah, a lot of the wild card stuff that's 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 popping up right now, you know, the the Diamondbacks and the Rockies and the Twins and stuff like that. We didn't have any of that. We didn't, but the, there's still another month and a and a half or a month and a week or so left oh, of the sure. season. There's still plenty of time for those teams to still fall off that aren't supposed to be there. The Twins are not yes. supposed to be contentious, so. Uh, there's plenty no, of I don't. The Rockies are not supposed to be in contention, and Greg Holland is <clears throat> Greg Holland is falling apart right on time, right in right you know right. The schedule is coming in perfect for them to fall apart and for him to fall off the table and stop having the charm season that he's been having. So things even out over 162 generally. So there's there's still time for that to happen. Yeah, but I was I, I wanted to to point out you know pat myself on the back. I I, I don't get to have those moments on this show a lot where. Uh, where I take a moment out of the show to 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 give myself some credit for something, but since that was the only thing we really argued about on that show, I, I thought it was worth it. And it was funny. I've been looking at, uh, of course, the season of Giancarlo Stanton uh, with a personal eye, not just looking at the way that he's been carrying the team, looking at the fifty-plus homers, looking at the unbelievable year, and sort of going poor. Giancarlo Stanton because he needs to be on a better team uh, having this kind of production. Uh, he's been carrying it, but I've been doing it with a personal eye because in my uh, fantasy league uh, that I've been participating in uh, on Yahoo, I wound up uh, having a, a much worse pitching staff than I'd hoped. Uh, my first pick was Noah Syndergaard who decided he didn't need to have his lat looked at. He's fine. And next thing you know, he's out for pretty much the rest of the year. And I think my second starter that I picked was Jose Quintana, who's not been very uh, mm. consistent all year. No. I, I, my pitching staff completely blows. And uh, in a last desperate attempt to try to get back into contention and lower my whip and ERA, I wound up trading Giancarlo Stanton a couple of weeks ago for J- uh, Jacob deGrom. And Jacob deGrom, ever since I acquired him, had – this last start was very good. The starts before that had been shit. And I'm like, this is ridiculous. There's no pitcher I can pick up that's any good. Every pitcher I acquire this year 
whether it's on the waiver wire or by trade, uh, has absolutely sucked. And Stanton, he started this that home run streak. If you remember that streak he had where it was like six or seven games in a row where he had a home run, he started that streak literally the day after I clicked OK and approved that trade. That's when he started a uh, home run streak. Now, I, I got a, I got the first couple or two or three of those games because he had a two- or three-day waiting period before the trade was final. But you can imagine how I'm feeling. I'm sitting there watching him hit home run after home run after home run, and then he's uh, off my team. And I'm like, really? Now you want to just start hitting home runs every single day? Really? Now you want to do that? Um, I still may have made the trade anyway because I needed pitching that desperately. Uh, but, yeah, there's – there's two things that I'm taking away from this season as far as my own fantasy situation goes. One, if I draft Giancarlo Stanton next year, I'm not trading him because apparently he decides to crank it up in August and, and no one can get him out. And two, I'm not touching any more fucking New York Mets pitchers. This is ridiculous. You had uh Cindergaard go down. I drafted Matt Harvey as well. I usually don't even do that. I usually don't draft two starting pitchers from the same team, but I got Harvey in the middle rounds and, and I figured if he turns back into the dark night, then that's a great steal. That was a, a great value. He did not turn back into the dark night, obviously. So Senegard DeGrom picked up Steven Matz off the waiver wire towards the beginning of the year, like maybe in the first month or so. He was shit all year. And now I acquired DeGrom, and he had been shit uh, before his last start. I don't know what's going on with the Mets pitchers, and the coup de grace on that also drafted Juris Familia, the closer, who hurt himself. Oh, oh no. Just, the Mets pitching staff is all of them. They're all made of toilet tissue, every single one of them. So that's, Have you been through – have you been through any football drafts yet? I have not. Um, the one draft that I'm scheduled for is coming up this coming Wednesday. So, uh, yeah, you don't do football drafts before the third week of the preseason. No. I think this weekend bears that out, don't you? I think yes. that proves that you're not supposed yeah. to do. Because how many guys drafted Julian Edelman and sat there <laughs> this weekend going, oh, Oh no! I was just about to ask you if you had drafted Julian Edelman in any of your leagues yet, because that would be your move. <laughs> it would. It really would. Uh, or Spencer Ware, or uh, uh-huh. Cameron Meredith. The, Bear, the Bears don't have any receivers. Chicago is, doesn't even have any wide receivers as it is. Cameron Meredith was in place to maybe be their best guy. You never heard of him, and now he's not going to play. He's out for the year. Uh, Tyrod Taylor I, got I the fear, this weekend. I fear for Jordan Howard. He might have 600 carries this year. He, well, he, if they if they try that, he's not going to make it past the first 300 or so because no. they're going to be all concentrated in the first six or seven weeks, <laughs> and he's going to wind up getting hurt himself. Uh, but, yeah. yeah, I understand what you're saying. They're going to rely on that running game because they don't have anything to rely on as far as uh, wide receivers. And that kid that they drafted, the rookie, Trubisky, he might turn out to be something decent, but he has no weapons right now. So him and Mike Glennon are sitting there going, "What? What? What am I going to throw to? What am, what am I going to do? I got no, I got no weapons here." So it's, it's Chicago is already was on the on the shit list yep. anyway, but now they're really going downhill. Yeah. No, I don't have. I haven't yeah, done any but, fantasy drafts yet. I, but. We. We haven't had our football preview show yet, but I'm not going out on a limb here when I say that I don't think either one of us 
had real high expectations for the Bears to begin with. Just saying. No. No. I'm going to call for that coach to get fired at the end of the year right now. I don't think John Fox <laughs> – uh, survey. He might not survive to the end of the year. He might go uh, in the oh. middle of the season. Wow. So you think this is all uh, all on him then? Well, I think the GM, uh, Ryan Pace, never really got to hire his own guy. He got the job, and then John Fox kind of popped open from, from Denver. And it was like, uh, from what I understand, it was more of a situation of the higher-up saying, uh, we know you have your own choice for head coach, but you really should choose John Fox. You know, it, it, we, we think you should choose uh, the veteran John Fox to come in and, and lead this team. So I don't think Ryan Pace ever really had his own choice of guy. I think Ryan Pace gets rid of John Fox and, and finally is able to bring in whoever he wants as his own guy, whoever that might be. Um, I, I think uh, that's what's going to wind up happening in Chicago. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're trying. We're not going real football heavy on this show in general because, you know, we've got a a two hour extravaganza coming up here in oh, oh about what week and a half now. All right. Mm-hmm. Can you believe it? Uh, we're a week and a half away from kicking off, kicking off NFL football. So yeah, I, this is, we, we wanted to throw this one into uh, to get a little bit of the housekeeping out of the way and, and, and get rid of a lot of our uh, Kings of non sequitur. It did the last Kings of non sequitur show for a while. That's right. Uh, one more gift to the masses on our Kings of Non Sequitur. Back to uh, my little soundboard stuff that I get Herm Edwards oh. and, and Boy Howdy up here. Um, Singletary, so- Singletary, Singletary, Singletary. Ooh, I got to remember to look that up. There, there's so much to mine from, from that guy. So now that you've much. got the power. Oh, no kidding. <laughs> so many things that he said. Uh, no, something uh, that we've talked about many times on this show. For any new listeners who hear us reference every now and then the disaster that was the very first phone call that we ever received to our show, which was oh, me being no. proposition for gay sex. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, from week 15 of the 2014 season, from the Picks show, the weekend of week 15 of the 2014 season, this, in all his glory, is Caller Sebastian. There's a completely random person on the line. This is our first call-in ever to our show, area code 330. Please state your name and what's on your mind. Hi, this is Sebastian. Hello, Sebastian. What do you got for us? Um, I would like to complain that there's not enough black gays in the NFL. Okay. Uh, I don't know how you would rectify that problem. Well, well, I can tell by you. Are, are you gay? Uh, perhaps. Oh, hey, why don't you come over here and we could hook up? Um, I think I'll pass. Thank you. All right, so that's out of the way. <laughs> Noticeably. <laughs> You know, we've been asking for someone to call in all this time, that, and we finally got it. That is awesome. <laughs> I, I did not plan that, by the way. I don't know who the hell Sebastian is. I don't know what that was about, but moving on. Um, I, <laughs> I, I'm totally rattled now. Of course, he called right back, um, but I'm not putting him back up. 
Um, I planted that. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Noticeably absent from that phone call was my voice because I was on <laughs> mute, laughing so loud you wouldn't have heard the conversation. I I didn't realize. I, I forgot it was that bad. It was. It was that bad. I didn't. I don't even remember the whole part about him asking you to do the hookup. I was laughing so hard <laughs> after the whole. You sound like. Are you gay? After that, I was like, <laughs> done. <laughs> well, you had the professional courtesy to hit your mute button, so I guess that's good. Yeah, I had to. Although I, I, I have to admit, I felt very abandoned in that moment. I was kind of out there by myself with the guy, and uh, I'm like, my my partner should be chiming in at some point, doing something. Uh, uh, hello, uh, hello, are you? Are you still there? Uh, but I guess I don't blame you. If if that were happening to you, I, I probably would bail too. That's a classic. That was three years ago. Wow. That's amazing. Uh, and by playing that, I'm probably uh, summoning the gods and asking Sebastian to call back in, which we haven't heard from him since, thankfully. Um, so that, hopefully that he, won't he happen. Was bringing up a, he brought up a good point. We, we, all the where are all the black gay players in the NFL? They are extremely mm. underrepresented. Yeah. No, they're they're on the DL. That's where they are. Um, the disabled list? No. They're oh. not on the disabled list. Uh well, they're they're publicly uh, underrepresented. I don't know what's happening privately because ah, I don't yes. swing like that. <laughs> but publicly, <laughs> they're, they're not exactly out there. Let's, let's put it that way. Uh, so, what else did you want to get to in our last fifteen minutes here? Well, I in the live show here, yeah. What do we want to get to? Uh, I, I noticed that you made reference to we we have to talk about the uh, Robert Lee situation. Because I I think that was it was that the was that the breaking point of the whole sort of Charlottesville thing was that the moment with, with the Fuhrer and the build up to everything and the tear this down and do all that and that moment when ESPN said we're not going to let a guy named Robert Lee who's Asian by the way broadcast the University of Virginia game just because his name is Robert. It's almost like you felt the balloon pop at that moment, you know, like, oh, you know, any, anybody who was feeling the movement and feeling the ground swell and all this momentum and there was going to be a change. And then you have ESPN go full social justice warrior, political correctness, overkill. And in one moment of stupidity, just really let some air out of that balloon. And it's been because you had everybody decrying this one. I don't think anybody was like, uh huh, no way that guy should be broadcasting the game because his name is Robert Lee. I have not heard anybody say it was the right move. (laughs) That that was the right move. The problem was, is I didn't even realize it was Robert Lee, I thought it was Bob Lee. Who also works for ESPN? <laughs> different last name, different spelling. <laughs> so did he get yanked too? Is he off his show? Is he gone? We're gonna get two Bob for Lee. one. We got Bob and Robert. Both you guys he, gone. He can no longer do outside the lines. He has been removed. For, he's yeah. been relieved of his duties. Because his name is 
Bob Lee. Oh, man. For those who don't have the details, uh, this is Matthew Hag of the New York Times. ESPN has removed an announcer from its broadcast at the uni- of the University of Virginia's first football game next month because he has the same name as a Confederate general memorialized in statues that are being taken down across the country. The network announced late Tuesday that the announcer Robert Lee, a part-time employee who calls about a dozen college football and basketball games a year for ESPN, would no longer participate in the broadcast of the September 2nd game in Charlottesville, Virginia, which became the center of violent clashes this month during a white supremacist gathering. White nationalists and neo-Nazis flooded into Charlottesville, marching through the University of Virginia campus with torches to protest the city's plan to remove a statue of the Confederacy's top general, Robert E. Lee. After the violence in Charlottesville, which left one person dead, ESPN executives and Mr. Lee decided that for his safety, it would be best to have him work on a different game that Saturday. Okay, well, first of all, what I have read from sources on Twitter uh, close to the situation is that this wasn't ESPN's unilateral decision. They didn't go to Robert Lee and say, this might be a problem. We have to remove you. Robert Lee apparently came to them and asked, would this be a problem? Do you think this is going to be a problem? And after collective head scratching and and butt sniffing, they came to the conclusion that why, yes, this may well be a problem, even though no one has suggested that it might be a problem except for Robert Lee, the broadcaster. And we're going to decide to pull him from the game just in case there might be a problem. You and I and pretty much everyone else that I've uh, seen have any comment on this are all of the opinion that this wasn't going to be a problem or an issue, except ESPN and Robert Lee made it a problem or an issue. Uh, That will end my criticism of Robert Lee, the broadcaster right there. I don't want to jump on him any more than I already did just now. I really don't want to blame him for this. He was thinking the worst. He saw what happened in Charlottesville. He was probably scared that people like that, like the idiot that drove the car and killed the girl, uh, were might come up there for him. Uh, it, it would be the other side. It would be the uh, whatever the Antifa or the the the, the people that want to, to cause harm and violence, or perhaps to anybody named Robert Lee, living or dead. I don't know. Uh, that maybe he was afraid of them coming to get him with with, with tiki torches or something. Uh, I don't know if I want to blame him anymore for for bringing it up for being afraid for something happening just because his name is robert lee i don't really believe espn espn has to be the adult here and say son i i get it i know you're scared shut the fuck up nothing's gonna happen get in there and do the game no one's no one knows who you are no one knows who robert lee the asian broadcaster is nobody at all knew who this guy was until this incident came up where they had to remove him from the game. So I don't even know why ESPN came to the conclusion, why they thought that this would be an issue, but they, but everyone pretty much agrees. They made a mountain out of a molehill to the nth degree and they became a laughing stock for the way they handled this. And, and they really stepped in it. They really, uh, shit the bed with something like this because now any broadcaster from this point forward that has a name that might be distracting or might 
cause some sort of reaction if somebody notices. Now they got to be on the hook to remove that person too. They can't take any chances, right? They they got to be extra careful from this point forward. Yeah. So it's just a terrible precedent set by by ESPN. Yeah. Well, well, fortunately, we don't have any announcers named you know Adolf Hitler, you know, or anything anything like that. Any of these, any of these uh, southern, uh, you know, Confederate people, you know, we we got to watch out for Jefferson Davis, you know, calling the South Carolina game this weekend. I mean, come on. I I don't quite understand yeah. how they they came to that conclusion. But it it, it it took it, it took something that that was very serious. It, it you know, and it was creating, you, you know division and making people think and all this debate and all this stuff getting stirred up. And for that one moment, it, it took this topic and everybody had to stop and laugh. I don't think laughter um, at this after Charlottesville with the whole thing with the Robert E. Lee and all that stuff that having something so over the top dumb get done that people, everybody, no, no, nobody on either side of this argument is sitting there going, that was a good move. You know, bravo, ESPN. Um, yeah. yeah, I think you and I immediately that was that. I think that was the facepalm moment, probably for both of us when we saw that. I can imagine both of us just going, "Oh God!" You know, it just having that moment where the head sinks into the hand, and then laughter from underneath that hand. Welcome to the Baltimore Open, the world's greatest bowling tournament. I'm Art Modell, welcoming you to the... No, I guess you can't... Uh, <laughs> what, why would anyone dare get pulled from some event because of what their actual name is? That just... That, that didn't even make any sense when I read... The first time I read the story, I was like, this is from The Onion. This isn't real. This didn't actually... This, oh my God, this, this actually happened. What... What the hell's going on? Yeah, it was uh, it was unbelievable. Now, the other thing I wanted to bring up was when I searched Robert Lee the name on Twitter the night that this went down. Uh, you'll get the uh, the legit story, or you know, the maybe the New York Times story, or some legit outlet. And after that, you will get a long, long run of lunatic right-wing websites claiming that ESPN just fired Robert Lee, the broadcaster, because of his name uh, being the same as people. Liberals have just declared that Robert Lee must be fired from it. Robert Lee wasn't fired. He was removed and put on another game, and he requested this meeting and brought this up himself. This wasn't ESPN making the decision, but that just blew me away. How many people just jumped right on? You can see whatever happens in the world through whatever lenses you want and come to whatever conclusions you want. And that was sort of a, cause I don't spend a lot of time on, on partisan websites, right wing or left wing, but boy, you can just take any event and jump right in and twist it. However, you want to twist it because it was just a long string of like eight or nine or 10 stories in a row of a bunch of websites, you know, with names like, uh, you know, true patriot.com or, you know, uh, red state that you know, stuff like that claiming that ESPN fired Robert Lee because of his, uh, connection. Or, I didn't, or his name I didn't see same. any of that. Yeah. I did not I see anything didn't want about see firing. No, I, 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 yeah, I, I tried to, you know, I, I try to claim 
a, a huge measure of independence in my political leanings and my political thought, you know, and then that as I, as I, you know, I, I've always espoused that I think everybody should have an independent mind and not just be beholden to one side or the other, because if you're, you know, if you're, you should be a free thinker. Problem is this day and age, if you're independent to the liberals, you look like the, the biggest, you know, uh, KKK member hood wearing freak on the planet, but unfortunately, then to the people on the right, you look like the biggest liberal in the in the face of the on the face of the earth. And that's that's the problem with not having you know chosen that side. It's just like ah, I'm just going to be this for the rest of my life and screw it down. So, oh boy, yeah, that was that one. I that was one of those that was universal. That was bipartisan stupidity. That's right. The left and the right wing were kind of laughing, going, what the hell are you people doing? What? Why would you make an issue out of this? So, yeah, that was uh, – they're not going to get over that for quite a while. And maybe Robert Lee, the broadcaster, this might be something where he kind of takes off from here and, be, and gets a little bit of fame and maybe maybe gets a little more work or something, gets a little more attention. And Because I never heard of the guy. I never heard his work. Don't know who he, who he was. And, and maybe now people will hear his, <clears throat> excuse me, hear his work. And maybe he'll turn out to be a, a really good broadcaster that no one ever heard of. And this, you know, springboards him and he takes off and, and becomes, you know, a, a top guy at, at, yeah. at one of the networks one, you know, one day down the road. Maybe this all works out for him. Now, if, if this guy has a sense of humor, the next time he gets picked on to call a game, he should show up wearing a Confederate uniform and have a big <laughs> fake white beard. Hey guys, how you doing? Yeah, what, but I could totally see a, a a Saturday Night Live style skit based off of that, <laughs> where you know they cut to the booth and there's we now go to Robert Lee, <laughs> and then they cut to it and it's him. I, tell me you couldn't see that now because of how over the top stupid this was. Absolutely. And then you throw in a bunch of other broadcasters and let's go to uh, William and Mary University where Thomas Jefferson is on the call, you know, and you just keep going down that road and then until you wind up with something that's probably over the top and politically incorrect. Yeah, which is which is right in that area where I like to occupy. <laughs> that's where I feel at home. <laughs> I don't want to ask where you would ultimately go in that skit because I think we might get oh yeah off, off we would just radio. yeah we we would just keep going and going and going and going. The more absurd, the more you can laugh at this stuff. I think the better. That laughter is the best medicine. You would have it in somewhere like you would have it at the Olympics at the track and field. Caitlyn Jenner or something. You would have it go completely off the rails or something. <laughs> Don't be. Don't give me thoughts. Don't give me ideas. Oh, All I sorry. need to do is pen one of these sketches and send it in, and then I'm in the big time. That's right. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we got one more minute left live, and I guess I would just take that time to once again remind everybody: if you want to listen to our podcast? The podcast. Uh, after this live show goes off the air, we have an after show that can last anywhere from, depending on how long Blog Talk Radio wants to keep us connected, uh, it can go another hour or so, or it can go shorter than that. Uh, you can only hear that as part of the podcast version uh, of the podcast, not the live version. Uh, you can go to those podcast apps to listen to it. That way you can come back to blogtalkradio.com slash in much less detail. Uh, you come back about an hour or so after any live show is over to get 
that podcast version. Um, or like I said, you can go to uh, iTunes, your Apple device. There's any number of different ways to listen to our podcast as we get ready to start our sixth season of doing this. Uh, we are thankful for everybody that has been listening, and we will what we have always been doing, which is pick the games against the spread in much less detail, eliminating the noise, and just bringing you the good stuff. More on our after show when we come back. And now into our VIP after show portion of the program. Yeah, I had still the, got, uh, oh, what's that? I still got a couple topics that I want to get to uh, in our after show. Uh, thing I was going to bring up to you was about the uh, we it was funny we were talking about the uh, XFL because of uh, your recent induction of Tommy Maddox uh, yeah. into the uh, NFL wing of the of the Hall of Infamy uh, I guess the XFL lived on this weekend uh, in Major League Baseball with all these players nicknames yeah. on the back of the jerseys you saw all that yeah and that's actually when I saw that yesterday when I was at work the first thing I said is what the hell is this shit was this the XFL so where's this? Vince, when did Vince McMahon take over? It's obviously from that quote from me. Uh, I think you have uh, mined my feelings for it. Come on, how stupid is this? Now batting the second baseman, he hate me. Um, yeah, I, that's and that's that's about where we're going because players weekend no cash grab. I, I think that is. <laughs> more of the theme of it because it all late let's sell some alternate jerseys and uh dumb you know that's right at the top of the list as to why they're doing this to sell some jerseys someone it's all about the money hey where is vince where is vince because this is a page right out of the xfl yeah it was uh i forget which broadcast i was watching um which of course i can watch all the local broadcast of baseball games thanks to you and your wonderful playstation 4 i I should be thanking you every show for that once again um i was watching some one of the locals might have been boston or maybe philly they had a poll they had a viewers poll so you know obviously very limited uh but they had a poll on do you like the uh players weekend jerseys and 52 percent of their fans said no and I, that surprised me at first, but then I thought about it. I guess I shouldn't be surprised because it's baseball fans. They're not exactly uh, going for a lot of newer ideas. They're they're very traditional. They like their baseball the way it's always been. They're not for all this fang, newfangled, fancy uh, nicknames on the backs of the jerseys. I think uh, in the NFL, it, would, it wouldn't be 52% against. It, would, it wouldn't be that much for probably be 55% for so that's just my guess and in basketball it'd be you know 75% yes they definitely would be into something like that uh, having nicknames on the back but baseball no that and you're kind of uh, re, uh, representing that baseball fan it's like get get off my lawn get these nicknames off the backs of the jersey it's not your cup of tea it's, and I understand that I get that I, I thought it was kind of cool. I thought it was uh, interesting, especially some of the cooler ones where they tell the stories behind it, and uh, you know, some of them have really cool stories behind them. So I'm, 
I'm, I'm always up for listening to the stories about people and, and their journey and how they got where they are in life. And that's some of those nicknames had some of those cool stories behind it. So that part of it, uh, I, I liked very much. Uh, but if your nickname is something like your last name with the Y at the end of it, like if your name is Jones and your nickname is Jonesy or something, I, that I don't have any use for. That's just lame. I mean, come on, just come up with something better than that. Yeah, I, you know, and I, I please don't put me in the uh, Bob Costas uh, le- level of uh, baseball purist here. I mean, you and I are the guy who sit around here, you know, pining for the robot ump. You know, <laughs> right. So this isn't one of those things where you know I'm against you know change or things like that. But having been through the thing with the XFL, with, with the it's still called professional baseball. This that's little league shit right there, dude. Guys, let's all put a nickname on our backs, and then we're after the game, we're going to go out for some pizza. That's about it felt like. And the uniforms almost look like Little League uniforms. Did you see the uniforms? They had the other part of it. The alternative uniforms that they use for, like, almost like the NFL color rush uniforms. Definitely alternative colors. Definitely different color schemes. Yeah, not exactly pleasing to the eye. Yes, yeah, so... I, I, definitely, I definitely don't, don't, you know, you know, here, I'm here, I'm majority, majority like, 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 I didn't remember any of them specifically, but as it's going through and you're seeing them, some of them are like, oh, ha, ha, ha. Like, like some of them are just douchey. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That guy's a prick. You know, you could just tell, you know, the self-aggrandizing nicknames. And you, you saw them, too. Um, like, guys themselves. Like, the, uh, the magician in Spanish or something like that? or uh, yeah. So Manny Machado was Mr. Miami or Mr. Smile or something like that. Yeah, some of them are like, uh, okay. Yeah, I don't know if they picked them themselves, if they were picked by the teammates, but whatever it was, it was dumb. I just wanted, you know, I saw Sonny Gray was like, it said Pickles or something like that, I think, on the back of his uh Right, jersey. I'm sure there's a story behind that. Yeah. Now, if Kurt Warner would have been out there, it would have said Dumplings. <laughs> Running around in dumplings, <laughs> but yeah, he wouldn't yeah, have picked no. ever himself. Yeah, we I don't think CC Sabathia yeah. says chocolate cake. No, that's our nickname for him. Yeah, that's not his nickname. Which is for a great, himself, I don't think. Yeah, and if Miguel Cabrera was out there, if it said press, Prince. that would be <laughs> that would be the greatest of all time. <laughs> Nobody gets this right now. What we're talking about with press, but yeah, two people in the world. All because of that was from a yeah from a video game because you traded for Miguel Cabrera and you were so excited to have him on your team that you were pressing to get him to be good for your fake baseball team on MLB. uh, Was it two thousand and three? Yeah, or two thousand and five. I was trying to hit eight run homers with him every time. Yes. Uh, so we, we started. So, I, so we started calling him Press. <laughs> That's always stuck. 
It wasn't him pressing. He's just a video game character. It was me pressing when I was using yes. it. But it's... That wasn't it, it, taking advantage know. of that 96 power rating that he had. Uh, I'm trying to remember the nickname that we came up with for Othella Harrington. Um, <laughs> on your basketball team. You called him he was Spark like, because... Spark, uh, that's right, because you'd always bring him off the bench and he'd provide your team with a spark. He was like my 12th man, and for some yeah. reason, every time I brought him in, he <laughs> hit every jumper I would have him take. Yeah, and, and, and I'd be sitting there, you, of course. Spark! You were just tickled to death every time Othella Harrington got yeah. in the game. I, I was sitting there telling you, put him in. You're losing. Put in O. Put in Othella Harrington. You, you know what you need. I'd look over and be like, you know what you need. You need Spark. Uh-huh. Yeah. And you'd be like, oh, fine. He's terrible. <laughs> and then he, he comes in, you know, and he does great. So yeah, all of these, all of these old video game memories that we have that are, that, 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 that it's funny when we mix them into the show and people have no clue what we're talking about. So yeah, yeah no. it would have been funny if some of those nicknames could have snuck onto the guys. That would have been the way I would have done it. Of course. Yeah. No, but so what they have to have now is when you go and you buy like the MLB, the show 18 next year, they should have players weekend and you can go in and put the nicknames on all the players and I'll go in there and I'll put press on Miguel Cabrera and then I'll be happy. And for some reason I started saying it in Hawk Harrelson's voice, I guess, cause I was the white side. And I traded for Miguel Cabrera. So what, every time I played the white, every time I played as the white socks, I guess I was playing with Hawk Harrelson's voice in my head. So, you know, here's, here's, uh, Here's here's Przinsky at the plate, or here's here's Aaron, here's Aaron Rowan, saying it in Hog's voice, and then Cabrera will come up. Here's Press, come on Press, don't grab some bitch. So, yeah, just the, the weirdest stuff that that you do when you're playing a, a video game, yeah. a whole season of a video game, all one hundred. Yeah, the things the things that you do, the things that you do in your mind to keep something fresh while while you're while you're going through the monotony of a virtual 162 game baseball season which i had to go through to keep my sanity because the personal situation i was going through at the time i needed to come home every day and play the video game just to stay safe it was that was the escape that was your moment of zen was to go home and control your little virtual people and and be master of that universe you know and you know, people who play sports games, especially these more detailed ones, I don't equate them as any different than people who play your RPG style, your role-playing style games, because you're doing the same thing. You know, you're starting with something, you're building it up, you're increasing the stats, it, you're going through training, you're, do, you're doing all of the same things as you would do if you're playing a, a Wizard and Warriors type game, you know, where you're playing and you're you start off and everybody's real basic and then you go and you kill some you kill some rats and then you get a little power and you build all your stats up and everybody's got their role. I really don't see sports games, especially if you're doing franchise mode, as any different than somebody who's playing um, RPG style games. You know, and, and people, if they think I'm wrong, please, you know, email us or, or, or call the show and tell me what a dumbass I am. But I, I really do because I play both styles of those games. And it's amazing how much RPG, its role-playing game for for those not in the know, mm-hmm. has snuck into sports games, especially the deeper and deeper and deeper they get. Where now they're they're doing like you know Road to the Show and all this stuff where you build a player and you bring them up from nothing, and then you got to go through and negotiate contracts and you're doing all this stuff. It's no different than the 
same thing where you start off, you create a player, you have nothing, your gear sucks, you have you haven't done a damn thing, and you build up through the levels and you get more powerful and you get a bigger shinier sword or a bigger more awesome gun. It, it's the same arc that's built into both games. So it's just amazing how if you play one type of game and you see the mirror to the other, but what you usually don't see a lot of are people who play both those styles of games. Even though they're you can also you can buy WWE, uh, the WrestleMania video, and you can take a guy through NXT, through the training levels, and you can be a scrub and start training and work your way up, and one day you can main event WrestleMania. Right. Same shit. Yeah. Everyone so, is just playing interesting. The Speaking of Miguel Cabrera, speaking of our boy Press, I had the distinction of watching that Tigers-Yankees game live. You know which one I'm talking about. Watch that game live on MLB Network. The the beanball war that erupted between those two. Um, I, I just wanted... I, Conor McGregor. I, yeah. <laughs> I, first of all, I would just like to make a statement that I, I don't condone the violence on either side of the Tigers and Yankees brawl. That, that's very nice of you. That's uh, you. very PC of you. Thank you. Thank you. I was, you know, I was we were ta- going back to our last show and we were talking about the whole thing with the violence on both sides with the whole Charlottesville thing. It's got to be inappropriate. Come on, it's me. That's what went through my mind when you said that, but I didn't want to bring that up. I yeah. thought I was just... Oh, no. Uh, I thought I was overreacting myself. But yeah, both sides. Lots of violence both on sides. both sides. That's right. I got You got to definitely decry the violence for the Tigers and the Yankees. But yeah, eight ejections. Right. Uh, you know, they bring in Della Betances, who just happens to accidentally throw the ball right into the side of uh, James McCann's head. Uh, just yeah, Oops. what a you know, oh, it slipped. You know, mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah. And then the umps take like ten minutes to realize it's like you know, yeah. We kind of have to throw you out. Um, yeah, you hit him right in the head, you know, after both teams have been warned, even if it was an accident, which I seriously doubt. Um, That's the point yeah. of the warning is that it doesn't matter if it's an accident. From from this yeah. point forward, the next person to get drilled, that pitcher is gone, and so yeah. is his manager. Both of you did in the yeah. shower. And David Robertson, David Robertson did plunk a guy, like, in the hand. You know, he hit him right on where he was holding the bat, and he came in side with him and he hit him on the head. He didn't get thrown out. Obviously, you, 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 they're not going to go over the top. When it goes into the side of your head, <laughs> you're going to get tossed. But the whole thing with the brawl and then all the, the nasty stuff going on under the pile, I loved it. It was giving him the business down there. I loved the whole thing. It felt like I was watching late 80s baseball. You know, and after the game, it's like, oh, they're decrying all the violence. No, you know what? This is what happens. It's a long, it's a long season. Tempers flare. These guys remember everything. They they remember a dude that got hit a year ago in this situation. It's amazing when you actually do get these guys in interviews and they talk about it. They'll they'll, they'll tell you exactly what pitch they hit on some random 
scenario in a game that didn't matter. They'll remember what they did to that other pitcher. So well, you Bryce Harper hit a homer off yeah. me three and a half years ago, and I thought he kind of Cadillacted a little bit. So I owed him a plunking yeah. uh, exactly. three and a half years ago. You know, so the, the whole thing was apparently bubbling up between those two teams, and uh, the Tigers had had been getting throttled pretty good in the series, and uh, Yankees playing for something still, and, and nobody likes the Yankees anyways. And yeah, it got it got heated. It got it got tense. Uh, apparently, Michael Fulmer had come inside and hit someone on the booty, and there was no warnings or anything issued. Uh, I believe he hit Gary Sanchez after Sanchez had homered the previous time up. He just threw one right in on his butt. No, that that part I saw. I was watching the game. I saw that plunking. Yep. I was watching the uh, Yankees' feed, I believe, and they weren't happy about it. And then just you know, life happened, and I had to go do laundry. I had to do something. So I didn't see the the rest. Of, I didn't see the brawl. I stopped watching the game at that point. Oh yeah, because I had to go do something else. So you picked it up and then watched that part. But you watched the good part where the where the brawl happened. Oh yeah, I, I saw the whole game. You saw this whole thing building, and then so Fulmer hit Sanchez, and nothing really happens. And then, of course, they come inside and throw one behind Miguel Cabrera. These guy actually jumps forward out of the way of, and everything kind of goes, you know, the, the, both sides get warned and nothing really is going on. And then a few minutes later, Cabrera and uh, Romine, the catcher for the Yankees, start John, and then Romine rips off the mask, which is the universal symbol for let's go. Right. Time to throw down. Yeah, and as soon as that mask comes off, Cabrera pushes him and then just starts hauling off, throwing, you know, throwing uppercuts at him. And uh, then Romine tackles him, and they end up on the pile, and they're getting some shots in on press, and the whole thing is going back and forth. And, uh, yeah, and then you get the benches come out. And by, like, the second or it seemed like the third time that the benches cleared, then it was just everybody going through the motions, like, oh, these the bullpen guys are jogging, like, come on. <laughs> Well, guys, you gotta go. Gotta go support the team. You know, it, that's it, most it was, baseball brawls, just jogging you know, in and first supporting one, guys. And yeah, right. The first one was was the real. That one. first one was was heat. You could feel there was heat coming off of that one. That was that was, you know, dudes throwing big big haymakers and big you know big punches, and it felt kind of old school for a minute. I, I, I enjoyed it. I was really enjoying it. That game had high entertainment value, and you don't usually get that in a late August baseball game between a you know, semi-good team and a team that's out of contention. So you got to, well, every record, once in a while, have something like that. You're on record as being the guy that said that when the Cubs were slumping earlier in this year, you think you thought they needed to get in a brawl to sort of spark the team and wake them up. So yeah. you're on record. You're in favor of that every now and then. You like the the, the fight to sort of galvanize the team uh, during the long baseball season. That's the way it was when we were growing up. You know, you'd have a team, well, especially watching the Cubs because they always sucked um, <laughs> for the most part. But eventually, that would just all bubble over and there'd just be a, a big bench clearing brawl and it would happen and it would be over. And it wasn't one of these things where, you know, you're getting like eight games suspension, six games, all that stuff getting thrown down. It was a bunch of guys would run out and they'd have a fight and it would be over and they'd, they'd move on. But you always, I always felt like when that happened, you, you'd sometimes see that team that was sort of in that funk that just needed that, just needed to get off that steam, let off that steam. 
and they'd go out and they'd just have the bench-clearing brawl. Usually in the bench-clearing brawl, nobody's really out there getting, like, majorly hurt. A lot of times it was just guys all kind of huddled together. Hey, hey, stop it. And someone holds another guy back. I mean, it's not like nobody's running out there. They're not running out there with the baseball bats, you know, clubbing each other with them. So, you know, I, yeah, I, maybe in that respect I am a little old school where, where it doesn't bother me um, that every once in a while you have a good baseball fight. This wasn't like, yeah. uh, you know, the, the basketball where the, the, the team jumped into the stands, you know. No, there were no malice at the palace. Right. Um, yeah, I'm certainly not in favor of fighting. Uh, I, I think it's all kind of stupid, but I, I understand that you have to blow off some steam every now and then. I just, I'm just not in favor of it. But I will say, seeing anytime I see the Detroit Tigers on the field fighting, for me being a, a longtime Chicago White Sox fan, it just reminds me of – for some reason, back in the early and mid-1990s, it felt like the Tigers and the White Sox brawled every single time they played. <laughs> However many games they were playing, they brawled yeah. every game. It felt like Jeff Weaver was hitting Robin Ventura or Maglio or Adonis in the back or in the head or somewhere in the upper body every fucking time they played each other. And, and uh, I just came to think of the Tigers as a dirty team that liked to fight all the time. So uh, I don't think Miguel Cabrera has anything to do with any of that. He wasn't around for all of that, but just anytime I see the Tigers uniform fighting somebody, I start thinking about the uh, the old White Sox brawls uh, back in the 90s because the Tigers and White Sox used to throw down all the time. And like you said, the Cubs sucked, so they fought a lot. The White Sox and the Tigers sucked back then, so they fought all the time. They were probably getting a lot of their uh, frustrations out too for being two bad teams. So uh, I guess yeah. uh, understandable back in the day. Yeah. So yeah, I, I have to say I sat through the whole thing and I enjoyed it. Maybe, maybe I should not have, <laughs> but it was. It, it felt very old school. And of course, eight you know eight guys get kicked out. The the majority of them uh, get suspended. You've got coaches, you've got the players. You know, so yeah, it was all appropriate as far as what happened and who got kicked out. But every time you thought it was going to calm down somebody would go back out there and do it again. And that shows you that it doesn't matter who's going to get suspended or who's going to get thrown out. The the policing in the game, it is it's done by those players and those coaches. And they, they don't, they'll take a two game suspension for their team or a seven game. One of them got a seven game suspension, but yeah. it happens. Yeah, that's two teams that just plain don't like each other when they start brawling like that. Because that was a real brawl. Yeah, it was it was old school right there. Yeah, I I, I don't need it myself, but I understand. But I can't be too critical, though. I'm an NFL fan. Anyone who is a fan of football can't be too critical of anybody in any other sport fighting each other. Because if you watch football, you watch unmitigated violence every Sunday and you have to reconcile that with yourself. So uh, I can't really get too mad or too upset about it uh, because I watch football and, and there's nothing more bloodthirsty than sitting here watching football except possibly MMA or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So that was my, that was my take on that whole situation. Uh, was uh, I know I interrupted you when the uh, after show started. Was that what you what you were gonna bring up? Yes, yes. Okay. But it's funny then because we go into talking about something else that ties right back into it. It's amazing how that happens. 
kings of non sequitur. That's that's what we do. We will find our way around to whatever we we want to talk about eventually. Um, I'm going to find my way back around to Josh Rosen, the UCLA quarterback, just because I have the tab up on my computer and I wanted to read his uh, his quotes. I don't know if you have heard anything about this kid, uh, but Josh Rosen is a, uh, a college quarterback at uh, UCLA. And Bleacher Report did an interview with him uh, a couple weeks ago where he had some comments about playing college football and trying to go to college and be a college student and how those things don't exactly go together. And my takeaway from all of it, and I'll read the the comments that he made so that there's nothing out of context, but my reaction was this dude is going to make himself more dangerous. Everyone's so afraid of Colin Kaepernick. All these NFL owners are so scared to death to put Colin Kaepernick on their team because of what he might say or what he might do. And Josh Rosen is way more dangerous saying the things that he's saying because he's being honest and he's white. And you don't usually get that. You actually happening out here that everyone can see and everyone knows, but no one really wants to open their mouth and say. Uh, a lot of black guys have done it throughout the years and kind of got laughed at or looked at as troublemakers or something like that. But Josh Rosen stands up and, and says this as I, as I pause once again to cough. Uh, all these allergies out here got my throat a little dry. Uh, but Josh Rosen saying what he said, you don't hear guys say this in, in college that, uh, that that are white guys, quite frankly, because they are just doing what they do and, and enjoying life and finding a way to, to get through college and get to what they're trying to do after college. They're not really concerned with how unfair it is to be co- playing college sports and also trying to be a college student. But Josh Rosen, the white quarterback at UCLA, had this to say. They, uh, there was a question from Bleacher Report about uh, looking on the uh, – Rosen maybe looking on the bright side of, of being hurt the year before and getting humbled on uh, plays where, where you get knocked around. And Bleacher Report asked him, look at the bright side. You got a chance to heal, maybe catch up on school. Rosen's response to that was, don't get me started. I love school, but it's hard. It's cool because we're learning more applicable stuff in my major, economics, not just the prerequisite stuff that's that's designed to filter out people. But football really dents my ability to take some classes that I need. There are a bunch of classes that are only offered one time. There was a class this spring I had to take, but there was a conflict with spring football. Uh, and Bleacher reports that so football wins out. That's the reality for student-athletes playing at a major university. And Rosen says, I didn't say that. You did. Look, football and school don't go together. They just don't. Trying to do both is like trying to do full two full-time jobs. There are guys who have no business being in school, but they're here because this is the path to the NFL. There's no other way. Then there's the other side that says raise the SAT eligibility requirements. Okay, raise the SAT requirement at Alabama and see what kind of team they have. You lose athletes and then the product on the field suffers. It's not that they shouldn't be in school. Human beings don't belong in school with our schedules. No one in their right mind should have a football player's schedule and go to school. It's not that some players shouldn't be in school. It's just that universities should help them more instead of just finding ways to keep them eligible. 
First of all, uh, the very first thing you have to say to Josh Rosen saying that, of course, is. No. Amen to all of that. Bravo, Uh, young man. I found it very well put. the, the, the The thing about it is this is not new. Everyone with a brain knows all of this already. This is not something that's just out of the blue being, oh, wow. College students are being uh, that play football or play sports are really being taxed and overweight. Everyone's been saying this for years, for decades. They've been saying this, but, and, and, but the NCAA, being the cartel that it is, is able to sort of turn its back and say, "Well, we're doing the best we can to help them out, but they are student athletes and they are amateurs and and all the other bullshit that the NCAA spews." And they 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 know what's going on. Everyone knows what's going on. These kids work for free. Uh, they get taken advantage of, and what's worse is that the free labor that they're working on takes so much of their time away that they can't be actual college students, and nobody can be an actual college student. I, and I say nobody. Very few people can really take advantage, the full advantage of the education that they're being given uh, and also play effective college sports. You can try to do it and maybe be a scrub on your on your team and, and have a full education, but hardly anyone plays at a high level as is a star of their team and is also doing everything that it takes to graduate with a degree in economics or uh, chemistry or something like that. Uh, so Josh Rosen is completely correct in everything that he says, but the reason you don't hit because uh, am I wrong? Have you heard anyone really say stuff like this before? Because it seems like Everyone knows it, but not a lot of guys say it. And uh, I, I just think Josh Rosen should be commended for saying it. And I also think that it's going to be very uh, curious to keep up with the development of Josh Rosen and his uh, NFL prospects as he goes along, because I'm already reading some blowback and some uh, anonymous sources and anonymous scouts who say, uh, oh my God, this guy Josh Rosen, he doesn't love football. His mind isn't in the game. He doesn't have the he doesn't have the fire and the passion. Uh he you know, he's got other interests and other thoughts and that's such horseshit. The the judge the guy on whether he can play, but don't give me this fire and passion bullshit when all he's doing is pointing out what everyone else sees. Uh, it feels like everyone else that doesn't say this gets to get praise and, and looked at it as the the highest form of student athlete but if you bring up this type of stuff you're looked at as a troublemaker or you don't have your head in the game or you don't love the game as much as other people it, it's it's everyone can see what's going on here and i think guys like josh Rose, i think of more star athletes uh that happen to not be uh, a minority and, and and is getting their uh heads pushed down in the sand already by by society uh but if sam darnold at usc says something like this now we got a, a some momentum going now we got more white guys standing up and saying that this system is broken and it isn't right and i think if more of them said it i think it would uh, unfortunately it would hold a lot more weight and it would get a lot more attention than say cardell jones who said pretty much the same thing at ohio state uh several years ago he tweeted something about uh, I didn't come to school to play school. I came to play football or something like that. Uh, and he actually tweeted at uh, Josh Rosen. He said, chill, bro, just play school, <laughs> which was kind of funny because that's is what everyone else is pretty much saying to Josh Rosen, not in those words, 
But I'm sure his coaches and, and the people at UCLA are saying sort of the same thing. Just calm down and keep playing football for free. Keep doing this free labor for us and keep making us all this money, even though you can't have any of it, you know, because it's against our bylines. So uh, that's to me, he's way more dangerous than, than anything Colin Kaepernick is doing. Uh, because when the white guys say something, stuff seems to start really moving. And, and I'd, be, I'd be really scared if I was the NCAA and, and more of these superstar quarterbacks, these golden board quarterbacks, started saying stuff like this. Because then you might really have a, have, have a real problem on your hands. Yeah, it's going to be that, hey, hey, shut up, kid. You're going to ruin it for all of us. You know, one of yeah. those types of moments. Basically, he's like, you know what? We've given you everything, kid. We've lined it up for you. You got a free pass. You got cheerleaders taking your tests. Everybody knows this happens. Don't be the one to shine the light on it. And don't do it in, oh, damn it. Don't do it in an articulate way either. Don't make sense. You're supposed to be a dumb jock, not supposed to be making <laughs> valid points. You're just a dumb kid. Go out there and play football. Yeah, make us, let us rake in the money. Ha, ha, ha. Get all that TV contract money, you know? Um that's basically what it is. And any of the blowback that's coming back is going to be prepared fake outrage. It's one of those things <laughs> where no matter what it is in society or in life or one of those things that everybody knows is true, but nobody can talk about. And he talked about it. And then immediately it's going to be, oh, I can't believe he said that. How did, you know, it, it just all the phony outrage and, you know, and, and, and what's he doing? He's just a, he's just a kid. He should be concentrating on football or on his schoolwork. And yeah, look at all these other kids throughout history who, you know, snicker, snicker, ha, 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 have done yeah. it too, you know, especially the better players. I'm, I'm sure there are schools that there are student athletes. Those schools suck on the football field. <laughs> If yeah, want to I'm sure has go a lot of really, you know. <laughs> this sure kid has a lot of really smart football players. <laughs> they don't have a lot of good football players. Right. So, you know, so, yeah, I totally agree with what he's saying. He, he the upper echelon players and like he said, there are players there who don't deserve to be there. He he called out Alabama. Uh-oh. I mean, <laughs> roll <you know>. <laughs> Uh-huh. Yeah, Nick Saban's got the hit out on this guy already. <laughs> and and he's probably 110% correct. If you went through and you had academic requirements, he's probably right that half or more of Alabama's team would not be on the football field. Come on. Anyone who thinks this is wrong, what he said, get your head out of your ass. No, it, it, it's, the it's not that it's it's true. It, it doesn't matter whether it's right or it's wrong. It's it's true. And you should yeah. never be criminalized or yelled at or decried for speaking the truth. And that's all he said was, come on. You know, you're talking you know, all the stuff with athletics versus education. And he called it out for what it was, utter hypocrisy. And. Oh, and people are supposed to, the, the outrage is just phony. It's phony outrage. The people who are mad Not only are, is it phony, it's anonymous. It's these, they won't even put oh, their yeah. names to it. That's what really pisses me off. Like, stand up. If you really think this guy is wrong, stand up and, and put your name behind it. It's 
and spell out exactly why he's wrong, but they can't do that because he's not wrong. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Let's take his statement and let's 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 parse out even what we want. Even if we cherry pick statements out of that to try to make him look bad, he said nothing wrong. That's almost a bulletproof analysis of professional college sports, which is a which is what we have in Division One for most of it, right? Yes, it's a it's a yeah. job. When it's you a have sport. it's a business. When you go to almost every state in the country, and the highest paid employee under the state is the football or basketball coach for the college university in that state. And now you tell me that it's not professional. And the kid is allowed to make zero dollars of that. Right. The kids are the ones that make him that crab legs. (laughs) You're bad, right? Don't be getting no free crab legs. Don't sell a Jersey that you signed. Don't do any of that stuff because you are a criminal. And your your team is gonna get years of sanctions and yeah, but but your head coach is gonna make four million dollars a year, and 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 you go to a bowl game that's gonna bring in millions of dollars to that university. But if you do anything to cash in on your fame, you're a bum. Yes, you're you're the worst. You're you're trying to take advantage of, of advantage of your amateur status. Uh, to make money for yourself, and that's wrong somehow. What? Get 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 out of here with that. And the bowl system don't yeah. don't get me started on the bowl system. That's a that's almost as big a scam as the Olympics. The bowl system, unless you're unless you are Alabama or uh, you know LSU or USC, unless you're one of those huge schools making the uh, the the national title game bowls or the uh, you know in the in that system of bowls. Uh, that culminate with the national title game that actually do bring in millions of dollars for you. All those other 751,000 bowl games in December, they all lose money for those schools. All those schools have to pay to fly all those team, uh, all those kids and, and their families and the cheerleaders and the band and all that. They, the schools have to pay for all of that. They do it because they're hoping to get a little exposure on ESPN seven or whatever channel the crappy bowl game appears on, uh, but they do they do it gleefully. But they all lose money on all those uh, bowl games because the bowl committees don't pay for any of that. They just sit there and rake in the money and, and welcome you to the Poland Weed Eater Bowl or whatever the fuck bowl, and and they just take in the money and and they get they get all the benefit from that. The bowl system is a complete scam, uh, but it's all it, it makes sense. It all ties everything in the NCAA is a scam. It's everything is a boondoggle. Everything is is you look one way and you do something the other way and you take in the money behind the back and you're hiding, playing hide away, playing hide and seek, and, and you're hoping that nobody notices what you're doing. Uh, and even when they do, you just say, "We're the NCAA. We can do what we want. Fuck you." And right. if more people like Josh Rosen shine a light on that, uh, there's going to be some some changes. There's going to be some a lot of trouble for the NCAA if more people like Josh Rosen uh, starts speaking up and, and saying exactly what's going on. Which is what everybody knows is going. And that's the thing. It's like this this is right. the least shocking statement I've heard. But it took until now to get it put so so well. But like you said, it's been said before. People have tried this before, but what you read was like I said, it almost had to be that bulletproof argument and I'm not surprised I haven't heard about it because that's the kind of shit that gets buried quick. <laughs> 
I heard about it, and then the next day, what I heard was a lot of like the Paul Feinbaums and uh, and the critics of that ilk uh, slamming Josh Rosen and saying that he's uh, you know supposed to be concentrating on football and he's saying something that's not supposed to be said or something you know stuff like that. But yeah, you're right. That's not something that they're gonna. Uh, ESPN would be crazy to to put that up there and put that interview up or put those quotes up and really make a huge deal out of it because they're right along with it. They're just as big of a part of the problem as everybody else. They got all these bowl games. They got all these college games. They got all this free labor. They've made so much money, so many millions and millions and millions of dollars uh, with these TV contracts with, with college football. They're right there with them. They're right there with the NCAA. They're partners. They're business partners together in the business of bending college players over and fucking them up the ass and making sure that they don't get compensated for all the, uh, for all the labor and all the hard work that they do. So of course you're not going to hear the, you know, the sports networks make a big deal out of this. Uh, and that's why it's so uh, disappointing to see a lot of these uh, mainstream media outlets, newspapers and whatnot, start taking the turns that they've been taking uh, and losing a lot of good quality writers and not paying uh, a lot of good quality writers because you, you need more of them, you not less of them. We're getting less quality work these days, it seems, and not more. But you need more now more than ever with so many outlets that are not legitimate, so many outlets that are so partisan on one side or the other, and, and they're not trying to look at the, uh, the, the the correct side of an issue. They're just trying to look at the side that's going to get the most clicks on their website. Uh, you, you need more quality, and you're getting less, and, and it's really sad to see uh, – there's been, it was it Fox Sports, uh, their website, they stopped, I don't know if you had heard about this, they stopped paying uh, paying writers altogether. I, I believe they don't have any articles at all on the Fox Sports website anymore. It's all videos because they just, it, you, you don't have to pay for the videos. You don't have to pay for quality content if you just stop paying all the writers and just start having videos all the time on your website. And apparently that's that brings in enough viewers that you can do something like that. And that's 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 really pathetic, and that's that's on us as a public. That's our fault for giving our our clicks and our business to people who would do something like that instead of do, giving it to good quality writing uh, like we have here with uh, with Bleacher Report. And, and I, it's really bad the, the the turn that journalism has been taking uh, lately. But that's uh, that's what it's come to. And it's pretty bad. I, I totally agree with you there because even when I'm reading like news. And I'll go through, and, you know, a lot of news sites are, are news aggregators now. So you just get a headline, and then you click a headline, and it takes you to the news site where that came from. And you see, there's a lot of news aggregators out there. You Google, and there's all sorts of them out there. There's liberal and conservative, and then there's your, your, your main web pages like your Google and Yahoo, and those all have a news aggregator where it does gives you headline, 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 and you find a headline, you're like, oh, okay, I want to read about that. And then you click it, it takes you to a video. I hate that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do too. I don't have, and I'm not anti-video. I mean, I, I love YouTube and I love all those. Um, but when I want news, I want to read the news. Right. Um, you know, when you watch it on a video, I, I almost feel like I can pick up the slant in the words more than I can in just pictures because there's a distraction. There's always something that's like you watch these news sites. Now any uh, news network or sports network is, is ADD on steroids 
when you try to watch it because you've got somebody in one corner talking. On the other side, you've got a scrolling bar of something else. On the bottom, mm-hmm. you've got all the scores. But above that, you've got headlines. And this is even the CNN, MSNBC, Fox, and then all the sports and the ESPNs and, and your Fox Sports and all of those. And that's what it's become. You cannot keep – that's purposeful. You can't keep your attention oh, on yeah. anything. You don't have to critically think. But when you are reading something, it's just that's what it is. You can focus on just that. So I get very annoyed when I want to look for legitimate news or what you think is legitimate because you don't know. I feel like I can tell a lot more what's what's bullshit in, in, in news when I'm reading something. But I, I, you know, I don't think that – I mean, we're, we're of that generation where reading was required. Uh, there's a lot of – you know, the younger generation, oh, reading and writing are not required anymore because now all you have to do is text something, LOL. Um, I know and, a lot of schools in, aren't and, teaching and, and, and writing anymore. No, and replace your thoughts with emojis. That's all you have to do now. Yeah, I don't know about the reading. Uh, I don't know if they're cutting down on teaching reading or what. What, is, what class do we have? It's going to critical. Uh, was it called critical thinking or critical reading or uh, something like that? Um, where you really had to get the context of what you were reading in order to to pass uh, those tests. You had to actually. You, it wasn't just enough to yeah. memorize something uh, in the story. You had to actually interpret what it meant uh, due to the. You know, to the context clues in this story. I, I hope they're teaching that still. I don't know why they wouldn't, but it sure doesn't seem like they are. Because I can imagine those young guys, when you talk about you, you'd rather read a story instead of... I can imagine a lot yeah. of people of the younger generation going, I have to read? Oh, man, no, I don't want to... Yeah. No, man, I don't want to read this shit, man. Where's pick the video a, for, book. man? <laughs> well, unfortunately, my, oh, my daughter, man. she likes to read books. Well, you know, I am about to enter into that world now, um, being that a week from Tuesday, my daughter starts kindergarten. So, oh, boy. Are you feeling old? Are you feeling old now? Boy, howdy. I'm feeling old. Whoa. Hello? Are you still there? Yeah, I'm still here. I thought I heard music okay. coming into the show. No, you asked me, did I feel old? And I had an answer for you. Boy, howdy. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So how do you think, you know, if you think about me, if, you know, I'm watching, about to watch my, you know, five and a half year old daughter go off to actual school. That pre-kindergarten, 4K, whatever they want to call that, daycare shit, that is not school. Kindergarten, that's about to get <laughs> real. So, yeah, I'm going to be sending her off to school a week from Tuesday. And that's that's when it starts to get real because now – She's in an education system. So I'm going to be very interested to see what she's learning, you know, and, and keeping her on the, on the learning path and making sure that, you know, she, she's a good reader and a good writer and she knows her history. And she, you know, I don't, I, I worry for what's being taught in schools. I, I don't know what, what common core is all about or what it's done to kids or how they're doing math or science or any of that stuff. So it's going to be very interesting after our experience going to a very good school, uh, what the educational system is like here that my daughter's about to be put through. Is that the name of the video you're going to put on our blog? Kindergarten, 
shit just got real. Shit, yeah, it, it's true. It, it's about to get real. I mean, you know, my son just turned, the you know, little little guy just turned three. Um, has never made an appearance on the show. I was I was thinking I got to get him on the show. That's a whole. <laughs> that'll be a whole new ball game when we get the little guy on the show. Uh, he's well, a riot. He- is he nearly as talkative as your daughter? Your daughter can go. Oh, yeah. She can get oh, on yeah. the microphone and, and go. We've if, heard I ever decided I, if I ever decided I just didn't want to be on the show one day, I'd have her in my place. You'd have a hell of a time, you and Trinity, uh, running a show here for, for an hour. She could she could fill the time. That would be a say, problem. She could go an hour, I'm sure. She'll tell you all about everything. and and every And every sentence will start with, hey, Guess what? <laughs> I feel like I feel like my daughter's doing her Harry Carey thing. Hey, hey! <laughs> guess what? Yeah, she's doing her like Will Ferrell Harry Carey though. You know, like oh, okay. if I was a hot dog, would you eat me? <laughs> I'd eat myself. You know. <laughs> oh, oh man, but no, she's she, she's a blast. Yeah, uh, but your son is not nearly that talkative, right? Oh no, he he'll go. He he's not. He doesn't have the vocabulary yet. But you know, even Trini in the early days when wasn't you know she would just say, hi Uncle Andre. That could, no, you have it'd be totally right. different. I got to get them back on the show. We got to get the cute factor back up again. It's been a while. Oh, always cute factor is always welcome and and. Would always be a ratings boost. I'm sure uh, they can't wait to, in Burkina Faso for for the for the cute factor. Can't back. wait. They're just waiting. I, I, think, I was. I I'm do want to call bullshit our, here quick. Oh, I do want to call uh, bullshit here quick on our statistics on Blog Talk because I was looking at them today. I was. And when it shows the ma- when it when it shows the map of the world and it adds up all the percentages for what countries listen to our show, they add up to more than 100. percent <laughs> the United States I had not is 89%. Oh, yeah, go on right. there. 89% of our listens come from the United States, but 15% come from Saudi Arabia. <laughs> um, that's 104. And then there's a whole <laughs> bunch of other countries that have like ones and twos and threes and fours. Like Australia's got a four and in, in England. Almost all of Europe is in that one to 2% range. So England, Germany. Um, Poland, Spain, all of them were in that one to two percent range, which means if we just talked the tiniest little bit of soccer, we'd be huge <laughs> over in Europe. Um, and then you've got South Africa had a couple percentage points. Burkina Faso wasn't on the list anymore. I don't know. I, I might have pissed exactly them off by making fun of them. Bring up. Well, it was the last yeah. time I looked at the chart that Burkina Faso was did not have any listens anymore, but yeah. we had we had gone into other countries such as you have mentioned Poland and Germany and France and yeah. uh, Australia, and uh, so yeah. thank you to those listens and welcome in. Hope you are enjoying the show. Hopefully, we don't lose you like we lost Burkina Faso, uh, but that, yeah. that's still I kind love of a good karaoke. The, that many people or that many different countries actually have, have clicked on our show at all yeah. is, is still sort of mind-blowing when you think about it. As soon as the show's over, I'm going to eat some schnitzel <laughs> and listen to some uh, Bjork. <laughs> the, the pandering is, is, is real. The kindergarten <laughs> shit just got real. The pandering just got real. <laughs> we're, we're not above that. 
Not even a little. No. <laughs> we will we'll whore out for our audience. Don't worry. Damn right. Uh. The only other thing I had from the summer or from the off season that I had not brought up that I meant to bring up, uh, uh, unfortunately, would sort of bring us down a little bit uh, if, if I do bring it up. But I oh. do want to just, just get it in in our little bit of time left here. Uh, so if you remember earlier in the summer uh, that the lead singer of Soundgarden, Chris Cornell, who also uh, was a lead singer of a group uh, Audio Slave. I wasn't all that familiar with Soundgarden's work, uh, but I did listen to Audio Slave. I had their their CD, uh, very powerful music and a very great voice uh, in Chris Cornell, uh, who committed suicide earlier this summer. And I noticed back then, and then I noticed again when uh, the lead singer of Linkin Park, Chester Bennington, killed himself uh, not that many weeks ago. I noticed on my social media a lot of people uh, sharing stories about the music and the and the lyrics and the singing of Chris Cornell and also of Chester Bennington, uh, share, uh, sharing some very personal stories about that. Uh, I won't mention his name, but a former classmate of ours was talking about how important Chris Cornell's music was to uh, his life and helping him through situations that he was having, uh, contemplating possible suicide himself. Um, so the, a lot of personal uh, uh, interactions with music and music of course does that uh, for, a, for a lot of people, very important in a lot of people's lives. Uh, but uh, not something that we talk about that much when we talk about music on this show, we don't really talk about the sort of emotional impact that it's had in, in, in our lives. So uh, if you're feeling vulnerable, if you wanted to go down that road, I, and I'll, I'll definitely uh, bring up mine, but I wanted to know if you had any songs in your life and your history that causes that that get you get you to have the feelings that causes uh you know some maybe emotional feelings or something that really is, is powerful uh, in your life is there a particular uh song or maybe singer that uh, uh really you know it has a sort of a special place in your heart i guess i, I think there's lots but it's it, it, they usually pertain to like you know certain memories or or certain places where you were when a certain song came in or something you were going through. There's, there's way too many of those for me to count. I, I am very in tune and, and, and love music and all different types of music. You know, I, I, I remember you and me barreling down the highway in the dead of night in a U-Haul yeah, and, and you're texting your wife because I'm blasting Bill Withers on the speaker. <laughs> And you're like, I'm riding with this white boy, and he's listening. To, he, he can't listen to this. This is my music. What's he, you know? <laughs> that's one of those moments you're like, you know, that's, that's something where you're, it's like, that's one of those memories you remember. So that's, you know, so even though I already liked that song and, and, and loved that song a ton, enough to have it on my playlist on my iPod, you know, now my memory of that song is barreling down the highway in the dead of night through through middle you know, nowhere Tennessee, trying to get you moved into your house uh, with Angela, and yeah. you know, just uh, yeah, because I, I was just tired. We're just cranking. The music kept getting louder and louder and louder. You know, all sorts of things, all the different, all the different songs. Um, you know, yeah, they, 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 you know, I'm one of those people where it's like, you know, you have that like playlist of your life. Um. 
because I'm very, you know, I'm, you know, I've, you know, I've always been very into music and meaning and things like that. And it's amazing how, you know, that sticks with you and you can put on a song that you haven't heard for a long time and have it bring back something that you felt years ago. Oh yeah. Because you don't connect the song to just the song anymore. You now attach the song to, and that's the whole point of music, you know, it's to, to elicit that feeling. There's so much music out there that just doesn't do that. Like a lot of the stuff, you know, like my daughter listens to, which is just like, oh my God, you know, oh, but that's what, but that's what she's going through now. Now she's attaching that value to songs, even though I don't particularly care for the songs that she's listening to. Uh, the value that I will place on them is her liking them. And, you know, every time I'll hear one of those songs, I'll be like, oh, you know, oh, this is so cute. This is what my daughter would run around in the kitchen and dance to. Or in the so yeah, tons of them. I couldn't even begin to start naming songs. Yeah, when she gets in her twenties and thirties, she'll remember that uh, when she was young, she used to grow up and dance around to that old geezer Justin Bieber, and then she'll be able uh, to I don't think tell she, her kids about. She does. I, fortunately, fortunately, she doesn't like Bieber. She she, I, she either hasn't heard it or you know, but yeah. What little girl doesn't like the Biebs? Uh, my my little girl. Oh. Oh, well. Not all little girls like the Biebs. Uh, yeah, on the side of, of happy feelings or, or the side of, uh, you know, good emotions, I'm with you. There's so many. I, I could not possibly start to, to get into how many of those songs bring back memories and bring back uh you know, not just happy thoughts, but just feeling good thoughts. Just you know, put you yeah. in the right mood, the right frame of mind, or whatever. Just, just. Uh, no one's gonna get this reference, but I'll tell you. Just go dig up the tape. You know. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. We'll just leave it at that. Yeah. We, we definitely don't have time to break that down. Uh, the the one song, the couple songs I wanted to bring up on on sort of the other side that sort of gives you the feelings or puts me in a in a sort of a a, a downbeat frame of mind there was a song uh by uh, a british pop singer named uh, lisa stansfield like the last cut on her album real love was called i will be waiting and it is so beautiful it, and, it's, and it's not even a slow down song it's sort of an upbeat uh tempo to it but what she did was she doesn't have any backing tracks on it it's just her voice uh no backup singers and it's just very straightforward talking about you know one day uh we'll get back together there's there's some sort of breakup but there's something where she's separated from her lover and she's saying i will be waiting for you and um for some reason many years ago i was listening to it and it sort of reminded me of my mother who died when i was 10 years old and sort of thinking about one day you know we'll be back together and and like she's sort of waiting for me and it, it I don't think it's supposed to be about a, a son and a mother, but you can sort of imagine it being about that. So that song almost has me in tears every time I hear it. And it's, it's just amazing what different songs can do to you. Uh, I've always been a fan of uh, the song in a sentimental mood by John Coltrane, but I didn't necessarily know it before my wife picked it out for our playlist for our wedding. Uh, you know, it's just one of those, uh, it's an old jazz song. That's all I knew about it. I didn't really know it by name or by artist. But once she played it, uh, when we were going over songs, I was like, oh, yeah, I know that piece. I love that piece. 
And so now every time I hear in a sentimental mood, I think about my wedding and sort of start getting emotional about that. But yeah, there's plenty of songs. Like like you say, you can go down a list and, and there's so many, but maybe we'll, as we talk about music uh, coming up in the next year, because we have times where we talk about TV, we have times we talk about music. Uh, we'll get into a lot more of those uh, sort of personal uh, touches that, that music and other uh, forms of entertainment have on our lives. Yeah. We're about to get sniped, so it's been a good off season. Again. It has. But it, yeah. Absolutely. That, you know what? You know what happens next week? Shit's about to get real. <laughs> That's right. It's really about to get real. It's he is Jay. I am Trey. And we will be back with the NFL preview in much less detail in two hours of detail, which isn't exactly less, but that's what our next show is going to be. And we will see you then in about a week and a half for the NFL preview for 2017. We will talk to you then.